0: So in Srishtikram, you invoke the Devi by, by way of expansion. You will start on the first night and you will go for 15 nights. 16th is the cusp when that ends. Kameshwari, Bhagmalini, Nityakalinna, Berunda, Vahini Vasni, Maharajeshwari, Turita, Kulusundari. Nitya, Nilpataka, Vijaya, Swaramangala, Jolamalini, Chitra, Mahanitya. Nitya and Mahanitya. 15 Devis. Each night you invoke one Devi. And on the 16th you invoke the Devi, Mother Goddess. Her appearance is momentary. Only an extraordinary, extraordinary practitioner can hold the form of Devi for any more than a moment because she is in the cusp of that date, there is no sixteenth date as such, it only comes for a very short period. For a sannyasi, for a renunciant, they are not really supposed to fulfill their desires, they are not supposed to keep their desires in their heart and, and, and go after them like a householder would. So they go for what is called sangharakram, sanghar is destruction, the sequence of destruction, householders would go for the sequence of creation. In sequence of destruction, the process is reversed. And then there is a sthithikram. Sthithikram is to sustain. Srishti Kartri Brahma Rupa Gopteri Govinda Sangharini Rudar Rupa Tirodhan Karishwari Sada Shiva Anugrada Panchakritya Parayana That Devi alone assumes the form of Brahma and creates as Brahma, she assumes the form of Vishnu and sustains, she assumes the form of Shiva and destroys, she takes on the form of uh, Ishwar and just gets everything in order, that uh, that cleansing, complete Tirodhan, annihilation. And then she alone bestows grace to bring everything back to life. These are simply five different aspects of Mother Goddess. So, Sri Yantra worship is done where, other than these 15 devis, roughly 153 different energies are invoked. And how many are invoked exactly depends on the lineage you belong to. It all depends on the lineage, who's initiated you, what rules they have given you. Generally, generally speaking, uh, it is lot more productive and effective if you don't get caught up in rituals. It's okay to have a Sri Yantra, but it's much better to simply do as much as you can what's called Mansik Puja, all the prayers and worship through your mind. So because that requires very good concentration. If you're doing offering prayers through your mind, the moment your uh, concentration breaks, your worship will end right there. In external worship, if I'm using ingredients, I might just be you know putting stuff and on shrī Yantra and thinking about hundred things, just flipping pages and offering you know some arpyaminarpyamin, you know, all those things. That has no meaning in real sadhana, because my mind is not there, my mind is not at goddess's feet, my mind, in my heart there is no goddess at the moment, I am more worried about ingredients, I am more worried about doing the ritual correctly, I am more worried about uh, maybe other things. Same when people use uh, chanting beads, you know, rosary, they might just go, they are just chanting for example Om Shiva, Om, namasha, om namasha. and they are just thinking of a million other things, it is a senseless practice. It's okay in the beginning, but it has no meaning. It is not going to help you evolve spiritually and that is why if you look at so many people who well into the twilight of their life, they remain impure, they remain angry, they get mad at people they have uh, all the desires that a young one would have, they are afflicted by jealousy, by lust, by everything, in spite of the fact that they've been chanting and praying and, and doing everything for decades. Why those impurities still remain? Because they turned that into only an external process unless we work on continuously work on self purification no vidya no mantra no ritual no puja of any kind no prayer no recital no chanting is ever going to yield any results everything's going to be very temporary you might come here, feel good for a few days or a week or two, you go back, the moment you are out on the main road and old tendencies will come and start grabbing you again. By the time you go back to the world, the challenges are against you, you are against, up against all those challenges again. So I am not against rituals at all. But you can't just make them your everything. Somewhere along the line you have to rise above rituals. And second, on the path of mantra, sadhana and Sri Vidya in particular, sometimes somebody will get started six months later or one year later or two years later, they'll ask me, what is the next step? But you haven't championed the first step yet. Even if I give you the next step, you'll say, oh, yeah, I already know this one, I've read it somewhere. It's going to be totally non-effective if th- there's a word like that. So, mantra science is more like building a European car. You know, The difference between uh, even a luxurious Japanese car versus a European car, let's say a BMW versus a Toyota, you see, when you drive a Japanese car, every new model will give you a new feeling. If we were, were to blindfold you, which you don't need to do that if you're driving on Indian roads, if we were to blindfold you and say, put your foot down, you won't be able to tell which car you're driving. But every European car, from my experience, uh, gives you that feeling which is very unique to that brand. You can can close your eyes and drive and you will say oh this is a BMW, this is a Mercedes, this is a Porsche, this is so on whatever. Why because they have taken something and they have been perfecting it for decades and decades and decades and what you have now is something that you can't just replicate even if you have all the engineering resources in the world. What they make in BMWs only they make, what they make in Mercedes only they make. Other companies, even with whole lot of wealth and talent, cannot replicate, they cannot say, oh, we will we'll just put together this engine. Similarly, on the path of Sri Vidya, it is not about doing more of it or doing uh, something else. It is only and only about continuously perfecting to a degree where you just sharpen that one arrow and you have practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and, and you are just going to lodge it, dislodge it or launch it once from your, from your uh, bow and it is going to go right to the target, it is going to pierce the target because you've before that one arrow you have practiced a million times. That is the core requirement of success on the path of mantras in Shri Vidya, that I am going to keep perfecting it. And Shri Vidya can be practiced, one of the rare Tantric Mahavidyas that can also be practiced the Vedic way, which involves Shri Suktam. Shri Suktam is a prayer of Devi that has 16 verses. 16 Devi, 16 verses, 15 dates, 16th is a cusp so you invoke 16 devis with shri suktam you you call devi it's called shodashopachara 16 different offerings to devi each one is done with one different verse that pretty much is what Sri vidya is the one who masters Sri vidya uh, he or she will truly become the Devi because remember it's a Tantric prayer, Tantric prayer, Tantric method which means eventually when you succeed you are going to become what you have prayed to. You are going to become that, that Devi, that energy or that Devata is going to come inside you and live in you forever. There are five types of Tantras. One is called Vaishnava Tantras. That's only about praying to Hari, Shri Hari, Bhagavan Vishnu, from a Tantric perspective. Second is called Shav Tantra, invoking Shiva from a Tantric perspective, so Shiva comes and lives in you. Third is called Shakta Tantra, invoking Devi. So Sri Vidya falls in the third category. And fourth is Sar Tantra. Sar is solar, Sun. If you can, for example, meditate on your uh, Manipur Chakra, your solar plexus, your intuition and your healing power is going to increase exponentially. One way to sharpen your intuition is to meditate on your Manipur Chakra. And fifth Tantra is called Ganapatya Tantra, which is Ganesha, Ganapati. All my life I have done Tantra Sadhana, across all five using various schools which I talked about the other day which is not really relevant right now, whether that is Dakshnachar, Vamachar, Kalaachar, mishra Mishrachar or Divyachar. So when you do Sri Vidya Upasana, Sadhana, it's done either in Bhava, which means the the temperament of a warrior, that I am going to fight it through or you can do it in Bhava, the temperament of an animal who has gone kind of blind and just recklessly pursuing. Somebody has gone mad and I am just going to keep digging, keep digging, doesn't matter how many stones, how many rocks, how many beds of what kind of rock, I am just going to keep going, keep going, maybe I am going to get somewhere or it could be done with Divya Bhava, in Divya Bhava, Divya is a divine sentiment. So this is how that Sri Vidya is invoked. It's a whole, uh, it's a complete science in its own right, complete with cause and effect relationship. The benefit of Sri Vidya, you asked, is, uh, once you become the Devi, you can well imagine the benefit. Still, I have to give you a little word of caution here. It does not mean that the challenges of the world will not remain for you, because remember, you have invoked the Devi, not the other person. You are living in a different world, but they are still living in their own world. So the challenges will still remain. But confusions will go away from your life. A supreme, superb clarity will will take birth in you. And you will know what I am supposed to do, how I am supposed to act, behave, react, think, speak, eat, sleep, live under all circumstances under any circumstances the ability to heal the ability to just see through people like you would see through a very clean glass it's all just byproduct it in fact holds no meaning eventually uh, at that time another thing i would like to tell you which uh, please pay attention to this because it's very important. It's so easy to get fascinated hearing some esoteric stuff or something you have to do in the woods or some yantra and all those things and hearing all this mystical stuff. It's very easy to get fascinated and think yeah, forget Krishna, forget Hari. Now I'm going after Devi, I'm going to Sri Vidya, or I'm going this way. That's just as ignorant as being a complete non believer. Because you can get to the same outcome even praying to any form at all. Even a simple mantra of Om Namah Shivaya, or even a simple Gayatri mantra, or even Hare Krishna Maha mantra, or mantra of Ambihare Jagdambehare, all of these are capable of invoking in you the same dormant energy that is lying inside you. It is not just Sri Vidya. What does happen is, the kind of newness you are able to retain in an elaborate worship, which may or may not be tantric helps you remain focused a bit more. My first vision of God, my first vision of Kali, and before then, had nothing to do with Sri Vidya. The first Siddhis that came had nothing to do with Sri Vidya. My first experience of Deep Samadhi had nothing to do with Sri Vidya. So what I want to say is, don't make your faith so shaky that uh, somebody says, oh now, Vidya, so oh, this is in fashion, okay, I'll start. I'll start doing this now. People think some weird sounding mantras have some special powers. No, it all depends on how much effort you've put in in invoking a mantra, how much faith you have in your guru, in your lineage, and truly, at the end of the day, what exactly are you expecting from your mantra? That clarity needs to be there. And if you truly want to have peace of mind and succeed in your life, first of all, work, give the best you can to your effort uh, uh, in terms of your karma. And secondly, equally importantly, keep it simple. As it is, there is enough confusion. When I was in the woods, I used to do my puja on Sri Yantra. But my puja was all mansik. I would do my nyasa, and I would do my mudras, hand locks, and uh, various, you know, placing the mantra throughout your body. And Sri Yantra, I would just do the whole It's called Avaran Puja. Avaran is a cover. So mantra has many levels, cover, and you have to go inside or go from inside to outside depending on how you are praying or worshipping. So I used to do full Avaran Puja and that used to be 45 minute process. But there were no ingredients. Even if I wanted, I couldn't have kept any ingredients because the rats would just destroy everything. So all I did was I just sat down and I went into intense meditation and did all my prayer after the initial puja 45 minutes in that mode and that got me all the benefits ever stated in all the scriptures, you name it. So that's something to keep in mind that Don't give up your current practice just because you've heard something more fascinating. Stick to it, polish it, perfect it, champion it, master it.